That was good. Welcome again to Mother's Day. Uh, whether you are a mom or you had a mom, and I think most of you qualified. There are a couple of exceptions, I think, but or you're just celebrating your mom. We're really glad that you chose Chapel Hill to be the place to do that. So thanks for coming. The big news of the world of mothering uh, this week comes from England. Uh, The birth of Archie Harrison, Mountbatten, Windsor, the son of Prince Harry, and Meghan Markle. Uh, They went about the birth of their child uh, in the same way that they've gone about a lot of what they do. They kind of broke with royal protocol all along the way. They, uh, they were supposed to go into seclusion. Instead, they were on a trip to Australia when they announced that they were pregnant. She did not wear sufficiently modest uh, maternity clothing, apparently, and got in trouble for that. She painted her toenails black while she was uh, pregnant, uh, and the queen finds that pretty gauche. Uh, they, uh, they made their own birthing plans, which they chose not to broadcast to the whole nation. And perhaps most horrifying of all, they are considering hiring an American nanny for their royal child. Can you believe that? So really, they kind of broke with all, broke all the rules. It's been a very exciting birth uh, for them and those who care about all of that. We are in the midst of our own very exciting pregnancy uh, as a church. We are getting ready to give birth to a brand new, bouncing baby church. Chapel Hill Port Orchard. How many have heard us talk about Chapel Hill Port Orchard? If you haven't, it's a very exciting part of our initiative called Beyond These Walls. You see it in our worship bulletin there in front of you, the folder. We explain a little bit about Beyond These Walls. This is a season of celebration of all that God is doing and the faithfulness of this congregation. Our dream is to bust down the doors of this church and kind of move out in ways that we have never done before into our community, into our region. And, and uh, our new church plant, Chapel Hill Port Orchard, is a big part of that. Last week, we uh, had a message about the sower. Jesus taught us about the sower. And uh, <laughs> made you duck. I'm not going to do it again. I got in trouble last week. <laughs> it was fun, though. I, apparently, some of you were finding seeds in nooks and crannies you didn't even know existed for a couple of days. So that's pretty cool. But the whole point of the, the parable that we heard last week was that the, the sower went out and he sowed his seed extravagantly, wastefully, generously, spreading it all over his land. Not little dibs and dabs here and there, but he flung that seed because he was sure that God was going to bring a great harvest. And Chapel Hill, Port Orchard, our brand new baby church, that is going to be our way, our attempt to cast the seed broadly and extravagantly and generously. And it's costly too. We're sending some of our best people from this campus to that new campus. We're sending one of our great pastors from here to there. And we are committing nearly $250,000 over the next four years out of our Beyond These Walls proceeds. When, you, when we're finished paying off our debt, that's how we're going to fund this great outreach. But we think God wants us to spread some seed farther north. And so that's what we are about, and that's the way we're going to, to do it. It's a huge commitment. A lot of seed. But we think the heart of Beyond These Walls is exactly here. And so we better pay attention then to the rest of the parable, the rest of the teaching of Jesus. Last week we stopped after he had told the parable and then he had explained it to his disciples. We stopped right there, but we're going to pick it up where we left off last week. Jesus is going to talk a little bit more about the spreading of the seed using different images. And then he teaches us a principle, a spiritual principle every one of us ought to hear. It speaks to every one of us. It speaks to our church. And here's that spiritual principle. Use it. Or lose it. Would you say that, please? 
You didn't know that Jesus invented that phrase, but in fact, he did. Use it or lose it. So let's turn again to Mark chapter 4, beginning with verse 21. And here's what the Word of God says. And Jesus said to them, Is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And he said to them, pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. For to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This is the word of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. There we go. Jesus is a great teacher and great teachers mix it up once in a while. And so right in the middle of this parable on sowing and seed, Jesus changes metaphors real quickly. Did you notice that? He suddenly talks about light, a lamp that's brought into a room and why would you hide it under a basket, right? You, you saw that. Put, the, put a pin in that. We're going to come back to it in just a moment. He just touches on this image of a lamp and then he goes right back to seed again. But it's a little different because last week, the part of the parable we looked at was the sower, mostly about the sower casting the seed and the soils in which that seed lands. But today, we're reading about the harvest. He, Jesus said there's going to be a harvest of 30 and 60 and 100 fold. And now we find that we have come to that harvest. And Jesus, in this teaching, is really asking this simple question. How much of that harvest do you want? How much of that blessing do you want? How much of, the, of that life do you want poured into you? That's his question to us. Because he says, I don't hand out samples. I don't dole it out with toothpicks. I only deal in Costco portions. That's what it says in the original Greek. I can't help it if you don't read it. That's what it says. Here, here's, here's the actual language. With the measure you use... It will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. For to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Here's what I think he's saying. He said, you come to Jesus and you say, Jesus, I want that harvest in my life. I want that blessing in my life. I want my life to be fruitful, to matter for your kingdom. And he says, great. So show me the vessel that you want me to pour this into. Show me the container you want to pour myself into. And the question is, do we come with this? Or do we come with this? What is it you want me to pour my blessings in your life into? Jesus said, I'd rather it be this. I'd rather you bring me the biggest vessel you got. Bring a pitcher. Bring a bucket. Bring a barrel. Because no matter what you come, if you come with faith expecting something great from me, I'm going to pour more than it can hold. I'm going to fill it to overflowing. So this is what I prefer you ask for. This kind of blessing. This kind of harvest in your life. But here's what gets scary in the, in the message. He said, if we only want this much of Jesus, just this little taste just a little bit of religion, just enough to knock off kind of the rough corners, you might not even be able to keep that much, he says. From the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. That is a very chilling verse. 
Jesus doesn't give taste tests. He wants to pour out into our lives recklessly and extravagantly and lavishly. In other words, if we want more of Jesus, more of what he has, then we have got to try to use up what he has already given us. Use what he's given you if you want more. And, and he says, go ahead and try. You can't do it. You can't outgive me. You see, you cannot hoard the blessings of Jesus. It's like the manna in the wilderness. When you store it, it rots. The only way that you get more blessings of Jesus is to use the blessings he has already given to you. And when it comes to our spiritual lives, what we receive and what we pour back out, the principle is use it or lose it. Use it or lose it. Many years back, I was playing on the church softball team, and I went up for a line drive at third base, came down, blew out my ACL. So I had to go in and get surgery, and they cut a piece of my hamstring out, and they, they put it in there. And, and they said, you've got to be careful for the next four months because it is, it's the danger zone. And so I had to be cautious about how much I used my leg, how much I could exercise and so forth. And, and I did everything I could, and still I just watched as my muscles in that leg atrophied. Did you know you lose about 5% of your muscle mass for every day you do not exercise? It was awful. And within about three months, I didn't even want to stand in front of a mirror because this leg looked like elephant boy and this leg looked like twig boy. It was, it was horrible. Use it or lose it. It's the same thing Jesus is saying here. This gift of the gospel, this gift of harvest, this gift of blessing, when his life is sown into your life, is not something to be hoarded or saved. It is meant to be used, meant to be spent, meant to be spread. And that's what I think he's talking about in that little tiny uh, aside that he does about the light, about the lamp. He says, what's the point of having a lamp that you hide the light? Why would you bring in a lamp, light it, and then stick it under the bed or under a basket? Last week I shared about my shed, right? And how I got locked inside my shed and couldn't get out, remember? Well, we we decided to put some lights in the shed since there was no light in there and uh, bought these motion sensor battery-powered lights. Our shed actually has two sides, kind of the side I work on and then the side that Cindy works in with all of the gardening stuff and so forth. Cindy installed her light right up in the center. And she said, you ought to do that. It really casts some good lights. I said, what does she know? So I, I installed my light instead on the wall for reasons I don't even know. I don't even understand at this point. And I discovered how stupid that really was. I walk in there and the light shines down on the floor. And when I stand in front of it, I get this big blob of a shadow covering all of my tools. I had to go to Cindy and use the W word. What's the W word, Dad? Men's? Wrong, yes. I was wrong. You were right. I was wrong. I had to move my light. And you, how, how humiliating is that for a guy when, when it comes to tools and installing of things? But that's what I had to, to do. Jesus said, when you light a lamp, why would you put it under a basket, under a bed, down low on the wall of your shed? Why would you do that where the light's going to be no good? If you're going to light a lamp, he says, let it shine. Let it shine bright. And then you realize, oh, he's still talking about the word. It's just another image. He's still talking about the gospel, the message of God. Why, he said, if you are given the word, if you've been given this incredible gift of forgiveness and transformation uh, that produces this great harvest in you and in others, why would you hide it? Why wouldn't you raise it up for all the world to see? 
the word, the gospel, the seed, the good news, the light that we have received is intended to be shared. It's intended to be poured out, intended to be raised high. It is not meant to be hoarded or saved. The more we have, the more we use, the more we share, the more he pours out into us. And apparently, if we don't share, if we don't give it away, if we don't use it, if we don't broadcast it, even what we have might be lost, might be taken from us, might shrivel up into nothing. Every one of us needs to grapple with what this means for us personally. Because if you want just this little teensy bit of Jesus, just a little salvation, just a little religion, just a little bit of church, apparently it doesn't come in this size. It doesn't come in this size. Jesus doesn't want to barely save you, barely bless you, barely love you, barely lose you, use you. He doesn't want to do barely anything with you. He wants to pour out his salvation of blessing and life and his gifts to you and his spirit. If you want to have just enough of Jesus and be content with that, then you better open your ears. Just as Jesus said, you better listen. Because seed hoarders end up losing everything. This applies to individuals. I think it applies to churches too. And it's part of what drove us to launch Beyond These Walls a couple of years ago. We reached a point as a church where we realized where we were pretty content. Pretty self-sufficient. We had it all. We're the big dog in town, up on the hill, big building, blah, blah, blah. Great ministries, great programs, great staff, big budget. And there's a sense in which we could say, well, we got enough. Kind of like the guy with the, with the, with the barns. We got enough. We can, if we can just ration this out, we can live on indefinitely like this. And God stepped into the picture and said, not a chance. Not a chance. And he called us to give ourselves away, to take some risks, to move beyond these wonderful walls and to do things we'd never done before. And so one of the ways that we're going to do that is by planting a new church in Port Orchard. We've never done it before. We never wanted to do it before. And in some sense, the time we decided to do it was the worst possible time because we were coming off of the worst year of attendance that we'd had in years. You know, when you have a program this large, a building this big, you kind of need the people and the money to keep things going. And so it was kind of crazy for us to think about, we're going to send off a bunch of our great leaders, a bunch of our donors, we're going to send it off. It seemed a little bit crazy to us. And yet the more we prayed about it, the more we felt that is exactly what Jesus wants us to do. He wants us to riskily cast out the seed in extravagant, uh, almost reckless uh, fashion. He wants us to to do things like we've never done, to pour ourselves out into a part of this region that we have not done. And just trust that we cannot make ourselves empty, but what God will fill us back up. And so that's what we're going to do. Chapel Hill is one, uh, Port Orchard is one of our attempts to receive and to pour out with this, this instead of this. With this. We want to trust God by believing that he's going to replenish what we choose not to hoard. You already know that Pastor Megan is going to be leading the team in Port Orchard. You've heard from her. The one you haven't heard from is the other side of that team, Pastor Larry. So I thought I'd ask both of them to come up. and We want to talk a little bit more about this wonderful Beyond These Walls opportunity. Tell them you love that they're, they're your pastors. Hola. 
The, um, the question I hear more than any other question is, so are we losing Pastor Larry too? So what's the deal? Are we losing Pastor Larry too? No, you're not. So I'm still here. My office is still here. And check my... it out. We're losing your voice apparently. What? Yeah. Don't worry, we're married, guys. It's not awkward. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it was for me, though. <laughs> I feel fine. I'm good. You were not in here on. Yeah. Okay, now I'm on. Okay, so no, I am not going anywhere. I'm still here. My office will still be here. Um, part of what's going on is that my role in the last year or so has been uh, of deep strategic thinking. I've been up to my eyeballs and all the things that are going on here and helping to coordinate all of that. And um, what's going to happen is that I will do the same thing in Port Orchard. So that's part of what it means to be a family of churches is that we share resources. These churches, ones in Gig Harbor and Port Orchard and maybe elsewhere, we share resources. And one of those resources is my time, my thinking and, and how I can help with that. So, yeah, she's grateful. Yeah. Um, that said, you know, I will be worshiping where my family is. So you might see less of me. But again, one of the great things about a family of churches is that we share preachers as well. So you'll see us rotate in and be a part of what's going on in Gig Harbor as well as Port Orchard. So we can all take a deep breath, a deep sigh of relief. Pastor Larry's still going to be around. Yeah. Now, <clears throat> oh, they love you. Oh, thank you. So for those who've come to us in the last few months, could you bring us up to speed? Why in the world are we planning a church in Port Orchard? Sure. Well, the whole idea of church planning was really what Pastor Mark calls a BHAG, a big, hairy, audacious goal. It was a, it's, a, it's a national goal, really, as the American church sees a decline in the American church and realizes that a, a church on mission, especially church plants with an evangelistic focus, are the, are the best answer that we have to getting the seed out all over the place. So we thought we, we want in on the growth of the church for the next generation. So maybe a BHAG for us is to be in on church planting. And then as we talked about beyond these walls, each of the mission statements that we used caused us to, to lift up our eyes and look outside of ourselves. As we talked about sending leaders, realizing we have this deep bench of leaders. None of us want to leave Chapel Hill. What are we going to do? Get, and we, uh, we had a mission to make disciples who make disciples. And here we were with five great life groups in Port Orchard and 143 families up there. But the, the real linchpin to getting involved in church planning was this phrase, loving our neighbor. And as we realized that first year beyond these walls, that Chapel Hill's neighbors are far more than just Gig Harbor. Yeah. Our population as a church goes all the way down to Lakewood in uh, Tacoma. It goes all the way up north to Port Townsend. And we thought, what is it going to look like for us to love our neighbors? We're going to have to get outside of Gig Harbor. And so we started looking at Port Orchard and sent me up there. I said, well, I'll go see what the spiritual climate is like in Port Orchard. And I just wanted to, to briefly share about why this became a church planning mission for me, not just for Chapel Hill. I met a woman named Thea at the park there who'd been disconnected from God. She did YWAM after high school, but had lost her faith in, in um, the busyness of life and becoming a mom and taking care of a family. And so in that hour that we spent together, we closed in prayer, asking that the Lord would return to her in just one simple line of a worship song. She used to connect with God in worship. And as she left that day, little did I know it, but Larry saw Thea later that day at Coffee Oasis, and there were four teenagers playing worship music in the back corner. And Larry said, I think I saw this Thea with her little boy Hendrix because she was weeping in the corner as the Lord was reconnecting to her through this music. And I knew in that moment that this was the call for me, that there were Thea's 
in Port Orchard that God was sending me to reconnect with. So here we are now, church planting as a congregation, sending leaders, making disciples, and loving our neighbors in Port Orchard. And that wasn't, again, that wasn't the original plan. The idea was no. a, a church planting maybe, if God lets, but we didn't think about you. And yet yeah. this last year has been full of trying to figure out whether it's you and you and or not. Yep. So what have you guys been up to this last, this last year? Yeah, that's something I'll point out is when we began to explore this, we were asking the question, it's not just is Megan called, but are we called? Right. And so we did a church planning assessment, and indeed they said that we were called as a couple together. Mm-hmm. So we've been doing a lot of this stuff together, a lot of the travel, a lot of the learning. We've been to North Carolina. We were in Indianapolis where the church planning assessment is. Um, Tennessee, we've mm-hmm. been, even uh, uh, many Sundays actually been attending churches in Port Orchard just to learn who our neighbors will be and what, what God is doing through other churches in Port Orchard already. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to be in, uh, preaching in Oregon uh, next, weekend. next weekend. So mm-hmm. we've been getting assessed. We've been training because we've never done this before. Yep. So we need to learn. So we've been doing this, a lot of these things together. And we're fundraising because Chapel Hill's in about two-thirds of the budget that we need for four years, which is incredible. Most church planners don't walk out with that. But we also have been asking our Presbytery family to raise up their spiritual grandbaby. We believe powerfully as, as a society in the power of baby fever. Am I right? You get around a new baby, you get some baby fever. And we really believe that the Lord is going to use Chapel Hill Port Orchard not to be a one-off church plant for Chapel Hill or for the South Sound or our Presbytery, but the first of many church plants. So we want to get this baby fever out to um, our communities, Larry and I's communities in Tennessee and in California, in Chapel Hill's community in the Presbytery, and let people be a part of planting this first baby church. And we hope for baby fever, church plant baby fever all over the South Sound. And by the way, that's been the response, hasn't it? I mean, yes. we again and again, churches are excited. This will be the very first church plant of our brand new Presbytery. Mm-hmm. So we get to be, uh, to set, uh, to set something in motion that we yeah. hope will con- continue right on. So, but that's not the only thing that's going on. There's been some <laughs> under the, you know, behind the scenes work going on right in, in Port Orchard, right? In yeah. Laying the groundwork. We yeah, don't have a see- church service yet, but. Uh, you're seeing images right now of our Tuesday night alpha. We have a Tuesday and a Thursday night alpha going going on in Port Orchard, their home style alphas. We've had uh, 13, 14 people who are disconnected from the church coming and getting to have conversations about Jesus and learning what the, God, what the good news is. We are, um, we're meeting with local pastors. This is our Thursday morning prayer gathering in Port Orchard. We're doing a church planting 101 class where we are, we're teaching each other to be seed casters to get the gospel out. And so um, that's Church Planting 101. There's 83 people involved in that. And so, yeah, we're busy. It's good. But we haven't planted it. We haven't opened worship services yet. Right. So why not? I mean, you've got scads of, chap- of Port Orchard folks that might want to be a part of this. Why don't you just move a big chunk from here up to there and, and get going? What's the deal? Yeah, we could. <laughs> um, we could. And then what we would do, I'm not going to do it this service. I, I, took the, I took seed permission. Yeah, there's still seed up here. I like really want to, <laughs> you know, it's the lead pastor privilege to make a big mess. So I took it. Um, they all do it right here. But the idea is if we were to start a weekend service tomorrow, it would be like I'd be doing this. Is that exciting? Not very. <laughs> okay. What happens is we end up just spreading the gospel right where we are. That's not, that's not merely the call. If we were to open a worship service tomorrow, I would be under the philosophy of build it and they will come. That's not the way that the gospel goes out. The good news 
The things that we were singing about, I got a little emotional singing the um, a billion different ways and the idea of eight billion people that God has made, all an image of his grace. The church is missing. Yeah, it's missing some of the image bearers. We know less of who God is because there are fewer people following him. So the idea is that we get to be the people who are spreading the gospel out. We're not, we're not stuck in a weekend service just waiting for people to come to us. We're going out. So we will know that we are ready to have a weekend service in Port Orchard, which is so crucial to worship God all together. When more of the 8 billion different people of the world know who he is in Port Orchard, when there are people following Jesus, coming to know him, when the community is not just people who already know Jesus, but people who are coming to know him and coming to know he loves them. When we as a congregation have a culture of invitation, of being involved in the community, of spreading out hope, of sharing the good news that God loves them, when we have that culture, we will know it's time for us to open a worship service. So we're looking to Alpha to understand that. We're looking for the multiplication of life groups. We're looking for people who will love their neighbors and spread the good news. And then we'll be ready to worship together. So you don't want that first day to have just a whole bunch of Christians folks sitting out there. No. You, you want a big chunk of people who don't yet know Darn whether straight. they want to follow That's Jesus. Right. That's going to be the difference. That's right. Yeah. That'll and, be the and in fact... Uh, your definition of success is not even going to be when you've got a thriving congregation. What's nope. the last piece that you need to have in place before you know you've really made it as a, as a church? When Chapel Hill Port Orchard plants a church. You want to plant another yeah. church. When we, are not, when we are a community who make disciples who make disciples, and we are churches who plant churches, then I'll know. First then of. First of. First of, not one off. Yeah. So, um, when will I, I can't, You know, this is hard for me. I'm like already 10 years down the road. I know the next three. I know you are. So I'm working really hard. You on think it's hard for her? Yeah. Really hard for me. <laughs> I, really, I, I really believe. I know. I really believe that the Lord has uniquely called Chapel Hill in this season. I really do. God is doing something unique right here. And I see it when I'm in the presbytery and I see other churches come alive with the new baby smell. I don't know. I don't know why. But God... You know, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Well, doggone it, good stuff's going to come out of Port Orchard and out of Gig Harbor. And I really believe that the Lord, this is appointed time. This is Kairos. And um, the Lord is going to use, use you. Yeah. So. Let's go. Eight billion different ways. Preach it, sister. Going. So. So. When will we open a church oh, okay. service? I, I mean, know. we're going to do it someday, right? So when are we going to do really, it? I'm really hoping for Easter next year. I next hope year, we Easter. Have a public, Easter a public um, service Easter next year. And so my hope is that you will want to get involved. Do you want to get involved? Do you want to? Okay. I do. Okay. <laughs> sign me up. Okay. I actually want to let, let us tell you actually how we want you to sign up and be a part of what's going on. One of the most important things that you guys can do, and anybody can do this, is to pray. We need your prayers, and you have to realize that, you know, this is an, uh, something that's exciting, but it's also fraught with all sorts of opportunities for failure. And um, it's, it's also personally risky for us, for our marriage. We're putting a lot at risk personally, so we need you to pray for us. We need your support in that regard. And one of the things you can do is, you see that website uh, up on the screens up there, chapelhillpc.org forward slash PO, you can sign up for a prayer newsletter. Every Thursday, you'll get this in your email and it'll let you know specific ways that you can be praying for the church plant, for us, 
And you can join in on that. Thursdays at 1010 is when we're asking people to pray so that we can all be on the same mm-hmm. page as far as that. I really feel like the first call is to prayer and to change the spiritual reality um, over Kitsap County. And so I think the best way to do that is to pray and to give God praise. So this summer, Wendy Colbo is leading out, leading us in four summer worship nights. We have incredible favor with the city. I went to them and asked for one worship night on the water and they gave us all four. So we're just gonna take them. So, um, so come and worship with us this summer. I'll I'll have that up prettier in the future, but if you want to go ahead and earmark those dates, come and sing with us. Bring your kids. Um, have fun as we lift up the gospel in the heart of Port Orchard. Sundays at six o'clock. Mm. Summer. I had something else. Oh. Um, Eric Anderson, one of our um, awesome high school students. You guys have heard from him before. He's coming back from Whitworth to be our church planting intern for the summer. And he's going to be doing an alpha. He's going to be really involved in the, in the youth of Kitsap. So if you are, if you are a youth and want to be involved in Kitsap, if you want to be involved with the youth of Kitsap, go ahead and give me an email and I'll um, have a party waiting for him when he gets here. And we do have a team looking for a place too. We do. I mean, we gotta, Pray for we gotta us. have a place. So we're, we're looking. So yeah. lots of stuff going on and kind of behind the scenes, but we wanted to bring it up to the front, uh, to the surface, because it is one of the most exciting aspects of our Beyond These Walls initiative. It yeah. wouldn't happen were not for you and your generosity. This is the dream that we have of getting rid of the debt and returning those resources to something like this that we think will make an eternity of difference for what right. we hope will be thousands thousands of people. So thank you. Keep it up. One more year to go. We're going to knock the rest of this off and we are going to launch like crazy. So uh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. That's the theme. So Pastor Larry, would you please pray for us? Happy to. Father God, we ask that you would make us the kind of people who come to you with uh, our hearts empty and needing to be filled up, Lord. Lord, we want to be a people who make room for you to fill us up, to overflowing. So, Lord, that the goodness of your love, the goodness of your, your joy, may overflow into the lives of those around us. So, Lord, make us desperate for you to fill us up. Lord, make us even people who risk everything so that you can be in our lives. So, Lord, in that regard, Lord, we lift up to you this church plan and these plans Lord, we ask that you would go before us, that you would be casting the seed. Lord, that this would not be something that we are forcing, but Lord, that it is a a way that we are walking in that you have forged ahead of us. So Lord, bless it, we ask. Lord, help us to be a people who shine with your light. Lord, help us to be unashamed of what you have done in our lives. Make us that kind of people, we ask. In Jesus' name.